Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is when you're listening to this. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Robert Bolden, Life Transformed, and this is Coffee and Christ. This is my weekly share of the daily devotional process that I embark on each and every morning, and it is my pleasure to share this with you. Um, And my prayer is always that uh, something in this podcast touches somebody and, and gets them closer to the amazing relationship with Jesus that um, we are all called to enhance every single day. So let's get started here this morning with the verse of the day. And I'm going to start. Let's get over to the Bible app. Here we go. Okay, verse of the day. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. I love to look at the words. And here it's trust in the Lord always. And that, again, it's easy to skim over that, but that is the most powerful part about this. We know the Lord is the rock. We know God is the rock for us. We know that we can trust in him. But when it says always, that that really hits right at the heart of, of this. And this is from Isaiah 26, 4. And I think, for me, anyway, the ability to take a verse like this read it in the morning and then apply it each minute of the day that is the trick so again with this awareness what I try to do is is have that new awareness okay so trust in the Lord always and that becomes my you know I cement that in my mind for today as I go about everything that that I'm going to do today and any decisions that come up just trust in the Lord always trust in the Lord always that he will bring you and he's going to bring the people into your life the circumstances into my life that are going to lead me closer to him and closer to glorifying him in this broken world so I love that really good okay let's go to let's see I've got a couple of devotionals today that I'm working on let's go to prophecy and promise okay so this devotional the day will burn did you believe in Santa Claus when you were a kid? Imagine, I imagine most people did. Santa stories can be imaginative fun for little children. That is, unless people actually start to believe that Santa Claus is coming to town. Malarkey. It's bad enough if children believe that their gifts really came from a fat guy in a red suit. What is far worse is if this seemingly omnipotent and all-seeing North Pole dweller becomes people's pattern for how God operates. After all the hype and threats and bluster, even naughty boys get nice presents, not coal, in their stocking. I fear that many reasonably intelligent people also suspect that God can see everything, but that there will be no consequences. 
just as Santa claims to see who's been naughty or nice, but then gives presents to everybody anyway, they think God will ignore our naughtiness and everybody will get some pie by and by. Wrong. God's righteous judgment over sin will slam into the planet. But Prophet Malachi said, Surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And that day is coming, will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. It is a healthy and sane response to tremble before the righteous anger of a holy God. A day of wrath is coming, now you know. All right, and this is from Malachi 4. The Lord of Heaven's army says the day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. They will be consumed, roots, branches, and all. Wow, so that is very convicting. And I think it just says um, that, yes, you know, you just have to, I, the way I look at that in my life, is just recognize that you know it's kind of what what that original um, verse was today trust in God always so applying that will allow you me everybody to do good in this world and not not sin Again, we'll be forgiven for our sin, but I think in this one specifically, the way I've interpreted this always when Revelation, it's like in that moment when Jesus comes back, you better be doing good. (laughs) Uh, Right? So it better be that moment when you are doing good. So I think you increase your odds of not getting burned up or thrown into the sulfur lake if you are just... You know, the more that you do good and turn away from sin and turn turn towards God. I like to think of it that way. Every time you have an opportunity to turn to sin, you really have an opportunity to turn to God. So let's flip it on to positive. Don't turn away. Turn to God. Whenever you have a choice, turn to God. Uh, it's one, something that I'm, uh, you know, versus goals, I'm looking at intentionality and, and just being in, intentionally... My intentionality right now is to be a wise, you know, God-loving, Jesus-following, Holy Spirit-guiding-my-steps man um, in my life. So that's my intention. So that intention can, of course, impact my actions in a way I think about things. Um, So it's really good. I, I would say... I'm really feeling is, you know, be intentional about turning to God in every situation. You know, the more and the more I can do that, the better off I'm going to be. Right? Because God is love. And, you know, the, the sin stuff is just temporary stuff anyway. And it's just of the flesh. So be intentional in turning to God in every situation. Love that. And it does require that living in the moment and that awareness. Right? So important. Those two things together. All right. That was good. Let's go to 2 Chronicles. That's where we are now. 
in the Old Testament. Gaining a lot of great information from my good friend Jacob Peterson in his Be a Hammer series. So if anybody's interested in diving into the true person of God and Jesus and really understanding that stripped away of all any of the religious or churchy stuff, uh, hit me up because there's there's an amazing study going on. It's an ongoing study. Um, Tuesday evenings, so check it out. All right, let's go. Let's go. We're going to go to um, 2 Chronicles 17. Jehoshaphat, his son, succeeded him as king and strengthened himself against Israel. He stationed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah and put garrisons in Judah and in the towns of Ephraim that his father Asa had captured. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the ways of his father David before him. He did not consult the Baals, but sought the God of his father and followed his commands rather than the practices of Israel. The Lord established the kingdom under his control, and all Judah brought gifts to Jehoshaphat, so that he had great wealth and honor. His heart was devoted to the ways of the Lord. Furthermore, he removed the high places and the Asherah poles from Judah. In the third year of his reign, he sent his officials Ben-Hail, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathanael, and Micaiah to teach in the towns of Judah. With them were certain Levites, Shemini, Nethathiah, Zebediah, Asashal, I'm butchering this, Shemarath, Jehomathan, Adonijah, Tobajah, and Tob Adonijah, and the priests, Elishma and Jehoram. They taught throughout Judah, talking with them, taking with them the book of the law of the Lord. They went around all the towns of Judah and taught the people. The fear of the Lord fell on the kingdoms of the land surrounding Judah, so they did not go to war against Jehoshaphat. Some Philistines brought Jehoshaphat gifts and silver as tribute, and the Arabs brought him flocks, 7,700 rams and 7,700 goats. Jehoshaphat became more and more powerful. He built forts and store cities in Judah and had large supplies in the towns of Judah. He also kept experienced fighting men in Jerusalem. Their enrollment by families was as follows. And they talk about all the numbers. These were the men who served the king besides those who he stationed in the fortified cities throughout Judah. So what I'm getting from this, again, um, Old Testament. And I don't know how this is going to turn out, but oftentimes when people start accumulating power, it usually does not lead to good. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that's the... And I got some great advice. Um, I was on a WordPress thing, and the Muslim girl, I think it's called Muslim girl. I might be wrong, but I think that's it. Um, great. Uh, she started a blog, and I think she's 20-plus years in, super successful. And I asked her for advice on mission-led businesses which ours is as well and one of the things she said was as you start to grow and get successful you know in this world standards reaching more you have to stay genuine and true to your original mission because people are going to try to pull you in every direction so that is the that is the challenge in this world this world is going to try to tempt you with stuff and opportunities but 
to, to continually reground yourself in your original mission is really the key to everything. So I love that message. I love that wisdom. And I think, again, the Old Testament teaches that repeatedly um, just by the experiences that, that the people highlighted in the Bible have gone through and you know what what is it ultimately kind of taking them down in a lot of cases so just a good cautionary tale right all right let's go to the verse of the day I am God who heals is in bold I heal broken bodies broken minds broken hearts broken lives and broken relationships my very presence has immense healing powers. You cannot live close to me without experiencing some degree of healing. However, it is also true that you have not because you ask not. You receive the healing that flows naturally from my presence whether you seek it or not, but there is a more, much more available to those who ask. The first step in receiving healing is to live ever so close to me. The benefits of this practice are too numerous to list. As you grow more and more intimate with me, I reveal my will to you more directly. When the time is right, I prompt you to ask for healing of some brokenness in you or in another person. The healing may be instantaneous or it may be a process. That is up to me. Your part is to trust me fully and to thank me for the restoration that has begun. I rarely heal all the brokenness in a person's life. Even my servant Paul was told, My grace is sufficient for you. When he sought healing for the thorn in his flesh, nonetheless, much healing is available to those whose lives are intimately interwoven with mine. Ask and you will receive. I love it. Ye have not because ye ask not. That's from James. And then to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surprisingly great revelations there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That's 2 Corinthians 12, 7. And ask it will be given to you, seek and you will find, Matthew 2, 7, 7. And the wisdom of God, you know, so good, because if there isn't some pain, how are you going to appreciate the pleasure how are you going to appreciate the awesomeness of god you know if god gave us everything then we wouldn't appreciate him we'd probably take him for granted right because that's just our nature so you know be careful what you ask for i mean those prayers are are vital right god knows what's in our heart but i think what we ask for is so you know so important because even though he knows what's in our heart if we're asking for something else through prayer, he also knows that we may be trying to change what's in our heart. And I think that is beautiful. Uh, to embrace that is, is acknowledging to God that, yeah, God, I know you know my heart, but I want to change my heart. We know how the subconscious mind works, and it just can kind of take over sometimes. So, you know, commit to changing your heart. Even if it is, you know, hardened in certain areas, it can still change. There's, you know, of course, through God, anything can change. But there are ways even, you know, through mind-brain stuff that you can do to, you know, take an active role in 
in making that change and not just, you know, praying about it once a day and then going about your day. So that is it for today. Thank you so much for joining me uh, today and Coffee in Christ. Robert Bolden, Life Transform. We are getting people out of isolation into community. That is the problem everybody has. They don't realize they have. And it's getting worse and worse. So that's why these communities are so important. Community of people who are for you, don't judge you, and are in harmony with you. If you want more information, contact us. Uh, sign up for our Health Summit coming up on the 6th. We've got a challenge coming up on the 13th, both in September. So curious if you're curious hit me up and we'll get you the information that you need thank you so much and have a great rest of your morning afternoon or evening